Good morning, good morning, Automator Series. And today I am with Michael Alexander, all the way from Alberta side of the world. So firstly, thanks so much for taking the time today, man. Yeah, man, I'm excited. I love doing these things. So thanks for having me. No, no, it's always great to have uh, from people from such different backgrounds and different places in the world, et cetera. But I mean, I'd love to just turn it over to you right now just to say hi to everyone and also just give a quick brief introduction to, to who you are, what you're doing and your passions. Yeah, absolutely, man. So I'll, I'll give you maybe a bit of background. And again, I want to cater as much as I can to your audience. So I actually, uh, I grew up in a small oil and gas town super super far north in Alberta. So, I mean, we'd have minus 40 degree weather every every winter. Like it was super cold. Yeah. And uh, I, just, I just never really fit in there. You know, like I... I did okay in school. I, I did, uh, you know, I did good in sports and stuff, but the, the whole narrative there was either you go to university, you get a degree or mm -hmm. you get a trade and you work in the oil, oil, oil field. And I just didn't want to do either. So it was kind of this weird dynamic where I, I succeeded in school. I was very smart. You know, I slept through most of my classes and still got like, you know, somehow to manage to ace everything. Yeah. Uh, and then sports came very naturally to me. So, uh, you know, on paper, I, I fit in and I did well, but just to me, it always felt a little bit off. Now there was, there was two or three, massive kind of uh pivot points in my life and one of them was actually my grade 11 religion class and mm -hmm. my, my she was a, she was uh you know she had like the dreadlocks and and whatever so a bit of, you know a bit of a hippie lady yeah and um she threw out the curriculum and started teaching us about buddhism and and stoicism and uh like eckhart toll and this like this whole realm of things yeah. and that was the first time where something really clicked for me and i'm like this makes sense. I understand nothing, nothing felt true prior to that. It was, it was this yeah. weird thing. You know, I just didn't understand it. Um, the second thing was I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad in grade 12. Mm -hmm. And that caught me in the whole business side of things. And it was just, wow, just opened up my mind. Uh, so these two experiences just completely shifted yeah. uh, how I viewed the world and the trajectory I was on. So, you know, like just to, to make kind of a long story short, uh, went to university for engineering, absolutely hated it, dropped out and spent through, you know, two years. All I did for two years was, was did yoga every single day and bartended, mm. um, you know, eventually moved on to, to the States, tried to build a coaching company at that time, completely bombed, uh, came back, yeah. got into sales, marketing, um, that whole side of things. And then I actually completed yoga teacher training, which is super awesome. I did like 10 Vipassana meditation retreats. I'm sure some of your guys know what that is. Yeah. Um, so I went super deep into the spiritual stuff. And on the other hand, I went super deep into the business and the sales uh, stuff as well. And now, you know, I did seven, eight years of building sales teams. And now I just do coaching full-time for about a year and a half. Um, and that's, that's what I've been doing full-time. Yeah. But I mean, already, uh, what I really love about that is like almost from so early on, you were like, Oh, all the spirituality and Buddhism and Stoicism that's catching my ear. But then also uh, rich dad, poor dad. And then it's like doing yoga every day, but then also bartending and then going to sales and engineering. And then also, yeah, it's just like those polars kind of throughout the entire time, which is really cool. It was, it was a dichotomy that I struggled with for a very, very long time. I actually, when I was 23, I ended up writing a book called The Yoga of Sales, and it was my attempt to integrate these two worlds. Mm. And I talked about how spirituality and sales and marketing and business and how both of these could actually coexist. And you could make a shit ton of money and still be a very, you know, spiritual, good, contributing mm. being. And uh, I feel very fortunate because, I mean, where I'm at right now, I've, I've so equated sales to service that they're, they're, they're interchangeable in my mind. Yeah, it's like the whole thing of if you're making a lot of money, as long as you're not like stealing or doing it in nefarious ways, it's like it's because you're putting out value, so much value into the world. It's like you're doing it through service. Yeah, it's it's uh, one of my uh, friend of mine. This is when I was 23. I heard this for the first. Uh, was it 20, 21 or no? I was 21 when I heard this. He said, "Michael, the more you create, the more you can consume." And I thought I, I really like that. And for me, it's again, it's just how much value can I provide to people? And I know the more value I provide at a higher level, mm. like the more the income is just going to come back to me. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned very briefly that the first, um, the first kind of coaching endeavor you try to go in failed a business in your words. Um, what was that focus originally? Like who were you working with and like, why do you think it didn't pan out? Yeah. So I wanted, I wanted to, at the time I wanted to build a dating coaching company. And I it's funny because a lot of what I do is, is around dating, relationships stuff like that right now like i work primarily with men and we, we address some of the deeper 
um, I guess you could almost say more spiritual issues in, in men. I, I would never really word it that way, but there, there's a spiritual component to it as well. Um, but at the time I was like, I just want to be, I want to be a dating coach. And it was just this, this idea that I had. And honestly, the, the biggest reason it didn't pan out. And it's funny because I see the same issue with so many coaches, to be honest, because I, I you know, I'm part of a whole community of coaches. You know, I have my, my mastermind part of, I, I've worked, I've been around coach. I've had a coach basically since I, like the last 10 years, I've had a coach nonstop. Like there's never, almost never been a time where I haven't had a coach or a mentor for the last 10 freaking years. Mm. Um, but the biggest reason I failed is because I didn't know how to sell. I didn't know how to market. And I didn't have the discipline. Mm. Those three things. Yeah. So, you know, go, going and trying to build a company. And like, I feel fortunate because I had a natural inclination towards sales and marketing. But even then, like, you know, I didn't really know what I was doing. I didn't really know how to market. And again, I didn't have the discipline. So mm. coming back, that was one of the big reasons I got into sales because I knew I wanted to be a coach long term. Like I, I knew that was what I wanted to do. And so I started doing all the things that would allow me to build the skill sets yeah. to eventually transition into that. No, it's it's funny that you you brought up that reasoning like right now because I was just having a conversation with someone else and they were coming from a corporate sales background and I was sharing a story around how I heard a podcast about someone back in my country, South Africa, and they had gone, they had tried something on their own, didn't kind of pan out, but they went into a sales job with that same mindset of, I'm just here to learn the skills I need that are going to help me in my own business. Or they weren't becoming a coach, but it was their own business. But I think, yeah, people give a lot of, um, a lot of um, bad rep to like having nine to five jobs or being in a corporate life. But it's, as long as you go in there, knowing what you want to get out of it, I think it can be extremely beneficial. Like you said, go in, to learn sales, to learn marketing, so then it can support your your own endeavors. Yeah, I think there's there's a there's a catch twenty two to uh, a lot of corporate jobs because you can go in, you can learn a lot of skill sets. Now, if you're just going in, you're going to be a paper pusher. You're probably not going to learn jack shit. Yeah. Excuse my friend. This, this is where the swearing comes out. But um, you know, if you go in like let's say a sales job specifically, I, I truly that everybody should, should do direct sales at some point in their life. Like it's, it's one of the quickest ways to, to you go knock doors for a summer and you'll, you'll come out a completely different person. Like you'll know how to sell, you'll know how to communicate, like, you know, so on and so forth. Yeah. But um, there's a catch 22 because at a certain point it becomes very easy to become comfortable within, if, especially if you start succeeding in those jobs, yeah. it becomes very easy to become comfortable. And then it's a whole other, I mean, you have to, what they say, you have to sacrifice good to get great and like that whole freaking conversation. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's um, like, when, when you say that, that kind of what jumped out to me was that's when it comes down to knowing why you're doing what you're doing. It's like, if you know what your ultimate goal is, that's going to help you not slip into that. Like, okay, now I'm comfortable. I'm getting my paycheck. And you kind of just like devolve back into just like, that, like monotonous routine but if you know like i'm getting in this because i want that so badly i mean do you think that is what's going to help someone like not fall into that i still like i still think it's going to be challenging because there's going to be a level like if you go in for that reason like when i when i first got into sales there was a part of my 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 intuition actually told me don't do this i remember it very tangibly it was a very like visceral experience that i had but I didn't have enough confidence in myself at the time to really listen to that. Yeah. And so I did it anyways. And again, I became very successful. Like I earned, I earned hundred K for the first time when I was 23 years old. And this, this wasn't in a full year. This was in like five fucking months. Like I earned hundred K in five months. Yeah. And I went to Thailand and I bought my dream car and, you know, did this whole freaking thing. And so it became very easy. I could just go out and make a hundred thousand dollars in five, six months. And I did this year after year after year. And it became very easy and it became very comfortable. Yeah. And it took a lot of courage to leave that situation. Like a lot of mm. courage and a lot of years and a lot of like, you know, that little voice in your head that kind of tickles you and it's like, you probably should be doing something different. Yeah. Pay attention to this, pay attention. I ignored that shit forever, dude. I started yeah. getting chronic headaches, like the 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 whole the whole freaking nine yards, dude, until eventually it was just I can't, I can't take this anymore. Yeah, no, I totally get that tickling feeling in the back of your mind. Like I was, I mean, I studied a good degree, quote unquote, like computer science and business science, went into a job with a very cool company and was, again, very comfortable, again, paycheck, working on some cool projects with cool people. 
but it's like I had that scratching every day in the back of your mind of like could be doing so much more and you know you're not going to be happy until you at least take the chance and try and make that happen yeah but it's it's, it's scary too man because it's like there's comfort and there's security mm. and it's like especially if you're not used to stepping into the unknown like that like it, it takes like you have to literally be willing to almost give up everything that you know mm. and for shit not work out for a while and you know i, I remember when i dropped out of university because again it was that feather tickling it's like michael you don't want to do engineering this you know fuck this and um i was convinced if i dropped out i was just gonna be a fucking homeless dude on the streets i was so convinced like mm. I, I was terrified of it and um you know, I, I bartended, so I, I managed to make ends meet, but it, it, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a extravagant lifestyle by any stretch of the imagination. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, you went through it, so you know how it is. It's, it's terrifying. I mean, I'm assuming most of your audience have went through something similar. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one big concurrent thread I've, I've we've spoken about so often is they either had that and sometimes it came quite late in life for some people in their forties, they were like, there's got to be more to this. Like, I don't feel like this connects with me anymore. But then also some were kind of forced into it a little bit. Like they had, they got either retrenched or the company changed or in the last two years, COVID kind of came up and then they all, um, they kind of were forced into different directions and things like that. But uh, yeah, having that happen at a earlier stage and kind of like by your own choice, yeah, that's uh, that's definitely a big thing. It's people just had that itch of something's not right here. Like there's got to be more. Well, I'm curious. What are some of the biggest struggles and challenges that your your audience typically deals with when it comes to like because most of them are coaches and becoming coaches and that whole thing. So what are what are some of the biggest challenges that they usually face? Yeah. So from how I've kind of like seen them and understood them, it's I mean, in any business, um, consistency of like. Um, being in contact with the people you can work with. So lead generation, things like that. So essentially sales, but also a lot of them have said to me, they're doing all these things, but they, they don't know what to focus on because also when it comes to spiritual coaching and holistic kind of living and things like that, it is quite a, there is a quite a strong go with the flow type of energy. And that obviously right. isn't always conducive with like, okay, this is how you grow scale a business. We have these steps to follow because it's, you're kind of sometimes forcing yourself to do those steps, even though you know you need to do them. Mm -hmm. Force yourself to follow the steps in terms of like when they're working with clients. Is that what you mean? Or what do you mean specifically? No, more like um, almost like cutting off your options. So like I was saying, some of them are, I'm not sure kind of what I need to focus on because they kind of want to work on so many different things. So it's like cutting off the things they don't need to focus on. But then also waking up and like being hey okay i need to post content i need to reach out to people or i need to follow up with people when it doesn't feel good to them they don't feel like doing this on that day and because a lot a lot of people want to go with things that feel in alignment like it feels energetically there for them so right. having to kind of push through that feeling because you know you need to do it for your business but it's obviously not quite aligned with their personalities a lot of the time yeah, I want to I want to share a story with you, which I think my again, I, I, my way of coaching and my way of being in the world is very like um, in your face isn't exactly the right word, but I tend to be very polarized and I tend to I tend to be very like kind of just like, like, kind yeah. of all yeah. and specifically in the context of like, like what we're talking about It's funny, because I've done similar presentations for for people in you know, maybe not exactly what you're talking about, similar kind of areas where there's some, you know, there's some sales and marketing things, but I think with, especially in the spiritual community, because I used to be so massive in it, there's like this avoidance of sales and marketing, Absolutely. you know, like you said, feel aligned. And um, I'm sure most people are familiar with Gary Vaynerchuk. You know, they talk about, uh, he talks about, uh, you have people who are like the clouds people and the people who are the dirt people. So the dirt people are the guys who can freaking put their heads down and they can work and they can just get stuff done. It's like the lawyers, the accountants, you know, whatever. And then you have the clouds people. So this would be a lot of people in your community where they have, they, they can see the overview, like that, you know, they're very in tune, they're very tapped in and they can, they have this like higher perspective. But like you said, the, the, 
getting down and doing the work and and because it doesn't align or it's not their identity yet mm. um, it's, it's a very interesting place to be one of the best things i've heard and again within like i'm very passionate about the subject again because i came from a very strong background of of yoga spiritual you know spirituality meditation mm. one of the best things i've heard when it comes to what we're talking about specifically and, and people getting into sales marketing so on and so forth if you meet somebody who's a dirt person, the best thing you can do is go make friends with them and give them like an Eckhart Tolle book or something on spirituality. Mm. Okay. Cause their, their tendency is just to be like, and they're, you know, they don't think of the higher perspective things. Yeah. Now the interesting thing about the spiritual people, and the, again, this was a mentor who made millions and millions of dollars. And he's like, it's funny because he has the balance of like the spirituality, the depth, the, the, the height, so to speak, and the, and the dirt, so yeah. to speak. Um, he said, the best thing you can do to spiritual people is go up to them and tell you, fuck you and give them a marketing book. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, bring them what they need essentially. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. There's also, it reminds me a lot of, there's a, a coach that a lot of, uh, consultants follow named Sam ovens. And he speaks about like duality and that kind of different polar opposites. Like we'll talk about mm -hmm. earlier with you and yoga and bartender and then wish that put out and uh, your more esoteric uh, teacher back in the day and he's saying yeah. it's like you can't be jammed stuck on either side like you need to if you if you were jammed on one side of like only head down kind of like you're saying like details focused you need to like force yourself to look at the other side just to get yourself more balanced and if you're jammed on the other side of only big picture you need to actually get a little bit more into the details just so you're at least more balanced. Like it's not yeah. good to be jammed on either side. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think that's with everything, man. Like if, if you're like, even like, let's say politically, like obviously there's a big political, everything going on in the world. If you're biased one way, you should look at the other side. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Cause especially you know? it's like you, because by default, you're going to kind of push away those other thoughts. But if you actually sit and objectively think, that's exactly what he actually said. It's like he was saying, even if you don't like someone, for example, like Donald Trump, who was extremely polarizing with what how he was kind of running things. It's like you sit and you just try the best you can objectively look at it, like, what is he actually doing well? Like, are some of the things he's saying are actually good ideas as opposed to your default mindset of everything he says is bad. It's like, try and be more objective and kind of um, see the both sides because everyone thinks they're correct. Obviously everyone thinks they're right on their side. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting too, because there's a lot of people who will look at one side of the political spectrum or not, or, or another. And um, you know, I don't, I don't want to get too much into depth of like our beliefs and stuff around because that, that's, that's not, not going to be beneficial in any way, shape or yeah. form, but you know, it's like, I've just understood through years and years of personal development that when I'm really triggered about something or when somebody, some, some, something somebody says really irks me, I know it's probably saying something more about me than it is about that person. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so when you have a guy who is polarizing like Donald Trump and if you're triggered by him, like you should probably fucking look at that. Like, what is that? Why are you triggered? You yeah. know, if you're looking at, you know, I know, I know a lot of guys who hate both, both Joe Biden and Trump. And it's like, if you, if you look at it, why, why do you hate it? You know, or really anybody, if anybody triggers you, it's like, what, why? What's the reason? Yeah, it's funny because um, I don't know if you've spent a lot of time in Bali before, but there's a, there's a kind of a running theme of people like always complain about others who drive like very loud bikes because they're like, Bali's pretty peaceful. But every now and then you hear these loud bikes kind of rolling by because people put like unnecessarily big exhausts on. And my coach was saying to me when we were working together, Cause I said, like, I hate these loud bikes. They annoy me so much. And he was like, well, why? And I was like, oh, maybe it's cause like, I don't want to bother people. Why? Like, I don't want to attract attention type of thing. So he was like, you probably should go rent one of those bikes for like a week or like a month just to yeah. get that balance. So you can like be more objective about it. Yeah. Yeah. But exactly. It, it said more about you than it did about the person driving the freaking bike. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing I actually, I keep, I keep on wanting to go back to this, but then we go kind of off on other interesting topics is just for people watching. Can you kind of clarify like who you're working with and kind of how you're working with them? Cause I think people are going to go look at your profile afterwards and 
they're going to see your message in there. And I just kind of want to clarify that for people watching. Yeah, for sure, man. So I, I, I dubbed myself a men's coach. Um, but really what I deal with is I, I, I address some of the root kind of issues with masculinity that a lot of men face today. Mm. And typically the results that men will see from working with me is, is an increase in income. So more sales and mm. better relationships for more sex. So let, I'll give you a couple of examples of guys I've worked with. So I've had multiple married people who come to me where the relationship dynamic is not how they want it to. Maybe they're not having sex or the wife wears the pants, quote unquote, in the relationship. And so I really help them take their power back in the relationship where mm. I've, literally fixed, I've, I've literally fixed multiple marriages. And, you know, oftentimes their, their business will blow up. Um, you know, I have come guys, guys either come to me for one reason or another. They'll come to me for a business reason or they'll come to me for a relationship reason. And when we address some of these root causes of, of the issues going on, often that's like people pleasing, um, you know, not putting your purpose first, some of these kind of deeper issues. When you start addressing these things, what tends to happen is you start succeeding in both areas. So money, you know, money, business, so on and so forth. And then sex relationships, that thing as well. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, 100%. And it really also resonates with me because that is what I learned, realized very quickly with when I was working with my coach, Caleb, uh, quite mm -hmm. recently is he often says, you don't have business problems, you have personal problems that show up in business. And it's so yeah. true because a lot of the time it ends up just being like, why don't I feel like I can charge or why don't I feel like I give enough value? And it's just all, all, it's all personal stuff that goes back to like, your childhood or influences or mindsets that really got tied in. And it sounds like you realize very quickly that it's the exact same situation with the people you're working with. Yeah. One of, one of my coaches says that entrepreneurship is a personal development plan or uh, is personal development with a compensation plan. <laughs> I've never heard that one. I like that. Yeah, I, th I think it's great, but really, I, I mean, really you're right, man. It's like uh, one of my clients, he came, we started working on his business together and we started like, you know, through about a month, a month and a half, he's like, dude, I just started realizing how much of a fucking people pleaser I am. Like mm -hmm. I made sure everybody else is taken care of, but not me. And as a result, nothing moves forward. Like his business has just been stagnant for six years. All mm -hmm. of a sudden we started addressing some of this stuff and he hires like one of the best employees he's ever had. His existing employees all of a sudden start producing at a way higher level. Mm -hmm. He starts closing deals at like he's at a rate he's never closed before. And it's like, dude, it's, it's all just like the underlying root stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. So just to also, uh, so you mentioned some of your clients were people who are in marriages and things have kind of, they needed some work on that. So they're obviously a little bit older, but are you finding you're also working with quite young guys, like in their twenties, like kind of what's that age range like? Yeah, really the, the age range so far has been about 25 to maybe 50, um, kind of the age range. So the younger guys, you know, I have one client right now is like 20, 25, 26. And for him, it's like, you know, he came to me first. He's like, Michael, I just want to get laid, you know, straight up. And I'm like, okay, that's <laughs> yeah. Easy. And as, as he started seeing some of that, what he started realizing is that get, he didn't, when he started seeing some success with women, he started realizing that, wow, I'm still anxious. I'm still depressed. I'm still dealing with all this, like all this stuff that I don't know what the heck happened. I'm like, yeah, dude, because you've been putting all your validation into women. Like you're not grounded, you're not centered. You don't know what the fuck you want. And so now we're actually working on like getting him back, getting him on his purpose, quote unquote, um, getting them like, you know, taking that, taking his validation, giving it to himself as opposed to trying to get it from women all the time. Um, so that's kind of the younger end of the spectrum, obviously the older end of the spectrum. Like I said, we, we have guys who are married. Um, you know, I, one of my favorite clients I work with, he went from sexless marriage to, you know, his wife literally initiating quickies in the kitchen and him closing a million dollar deal like that, 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 that kind of results, you know? So it's, it's really a spectrum, but that's, that's, those are typically, you know, it's a common theme that I see across the board with the guys that work with. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, um, like I know for me as well, cause I've also gone on a big journey in regards to, uh, getting better at relationships and, obviously also the journey of entrepreneurship and making uh, making money and all that and for me those just those two focuses have been the catalysts for like all my growth because they they very quickly show you where your weak points are like if you can't find someone if you're really not able to get into a relationship it's like 
it's because there are things that you're lacking. It's like, you don't know what you want or you don't know how to set boundaries. And it's just those, like I found those two focuses like business and also relationships for me have been the catalyst for just the biggest self growth. And like overall that's made me more grounded and happy and everything. Yeah. And I think, I think there's a big, like there's a big narrative and culture today that doesn't necessarily, especially for men, you know, let me know if we're, you know, cause I still want to keep on, on, like I could talk about my stuff forever. So I just want to make sure that I'm still adding value to, to your crew. But mm. I think in society, there's a, there's a very poor narrative when it comes to being a man in society. And we, we don't have the proper education that we need to be a very, um, to be effective in the world as a man and to, to feel grounded and confident and centered. Like, I think there's a lot of forces that are working, you know, and, and the common narrative today, I think is that, uh, you know, fuck, I, I mean, I could go into this forever. I don't want to, I don't know to what, to what extent I'm going to right now, but when a man, I guess what I'm trying to say is when a man can start owning some of the deeper parts of himself, like things start changing in his life very, very quickly. Mm. You know, there's a, there's a book I usually recommend most men read when I work with them. It's called hard times, great strong men. It's going to be very polarizing and triggering to read, mm. but it's also one of the ones I've seen has created the most shifts in, 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 uh, men's mindsets specifically. What was the name of that book again? Hard times, great strong men. Hard times, great strong men. Yeah, well, uh, we can try and clearly link to that if people want to check it out. Because also, I mean, on that note, what's really surprised me is a lot of the tantra and sexuality coaches I speak with, a lot of them have read and actually recommend Way of the Superior Man by David Daedra. And I was like, oh, I wouldn't have thought it would resonate with... Um, more feminine energy but they they seem to love it so maybe people would want to check that out as well yeah well it's i mean it all comes back to masculine and feminine energy you know way of superior man is a fucking amazing book dude it's it's super amazing um i think the, the there, there's i mean i love talking about this stuff so david data talks about this it uh i watched a talk i could i literally have not been able to find this talk since the first i, I watched it like once or twice and then it just disappeared from the the, the freaking universe i have no That's, idea when yeah um but he talks about the the masculine and the feminine um essentially scales and, and i'll explain more more about what this is so let's say for example on the feminine side um actually i won't go into the feminine side too much because i'm not as familiar with that but essentially on the feminine side, feminine is very much about like filling, loving, like giving that, that whole thing. So on the higher ends, you'll have a woman who's like filling the home and taking care of children on the bottom. end, it's like the, the storm that just destroys everything, like just completely just like, uh, so those, those are kind of the, the up and the down. Now on the masculine end of the scale, you have things at the top, like meditation. Masculine is all about freedom, obtaining freedom. Again, I'm not as familiar with the feminine side of the scale. Masculinity is all about obtaining freedom. So on the highest end, you have things like meditation, which again, you're obtaining freedom essentially. And then you'll go down a little bit and you'll have something like football, for example, where it's all about breaking through the enemy lines and you know, getting to the other side and achieving freedom. Yeah. But then you go down further. And this, this, is where, this is where some of the more societal stuff comes in and where I think it really fucks men a lot is you start coming to the, some of the more darker aspects of, of masculinity. So this is like war, murder, mm. rape. Like these are all masculine. And this is where the whole narrative of toxic masculinity. But the interesting thing is this, people look at those things, those darker aspects of, of the masculine sale. And they say, all of this is bad. All of this is bad. This is toxic masculinity. Okay. But what they don't realize is that it depends where it comes from. Mm. So an easy analogy, you have two, this is, this is a super basic example I give, two scenarios, okay? First scenario, bad guy breaks into a house, the husband comes downstairs, the bad guy sees him, takes a knife, stabs the husband in the stomach, the husband dies, okay, first scenario, okay? Second scenario, a doctor walks into an operating room, patient's on the table, takes a knife, stabs a knife into the patient's stomach, patient dies. Yeah. Same scenario, knife goes into man's stomach, person dies. Mm. What's the difference? What's the difference between the two? Oh, I thought it was a rhetorical. Yeah, I mean, it's the, the context. It's what's the intention behind it. 
so it's the same yeah what's that's right intention being to like hurt and harm the other was to to heal essentially heal and save so it's it's the same thing with the entire masculine scale mm -hmm. on one end you have hitler who is very masculine powerful influential terrible person yeah if you don't have someone equally powerful influential masculine on the other side like winston churchill it'd be a very different world today mm. so people demonize masculinity not recognizing that it's the winston churchills of the world the martin luther kings of the world the people who are willing to take a stand yeah who are willing to even go to violence if necessary and people just demonize that then it's just no masculinity that yeah it's it's interesting because in my mind that also ties back nicely to you you were bringing up sales earlier and how you said to learn sales and that's the thing it's also where does sales come from because we do have all these mental triggers and heuristics that we use how we make decisions so you could be manipulated by like a con artist or something like that but it's also you could use those as well because you know what you're offering is going to help someone so like you kind of giving them that push but again it's the intention you can use these tools in a good way or a bad way yeah power, influence, persuasion, masculinity, femininity, all of it is neutral. All of it is neutral. It's, it's where it comes from. Yeah. And that's, I, to me, and again, I'm going to relate it back to what I do. That's one of the biggest things that holds men back in society today. Is society tells you, be a good boy. Mm. Oh, be nice. Don't be aggressive. And, and they, they, they shut off this entire side of being a man. You know, it's the, it's the aggressiveness that builds cities. It's the aggressiveness that moves society forward. Yeah. And again, like you said, it's it depends where it comes from. It's like if it's an aggression or I guess you could say a fire or passion to achieve like a beneficial goal for everyone, that's one thing. But if it's aggression to like, because it's coming from a place of hurt and pain and you want to hurt people, that's a very, very different use of it. 100%. Absolutely. One thing I'd love to dive into a little bit more is like, why this focus? So you said you kind of went into sales, you learned these useful skills. And then I think if I got the timeline right, it was after that you went into the bartending and yoga training. But how did you no, end up in this focus? So I did, I, I was, bar, bartending was the first thing out of university that I did. Um, so I did that for two years and I was doing a bunch of yoga then and then I switched, I transit, I tried the coaching business and then that's when I transitioned into sales. So I was doing about seven, eight years of sales prior to me doing what I'm doing right now. Okay. Um, and your question was, sorry, why this focus specifically? Yeah. So after, so being in the sales, then there obviously must've been a turning point that you're like, okay, it's time to change. Like why, why this focus? Like how come it resonated with you? the focus of coaching or the focus of what I'm doing within the context of coaching, like working with men and talking about this masculinity stuff. Yeah. Specifically the, the focus of working with men, because it sounds like coaching has always kind of been in your mind and blood anyway. So I'm really curious, like why that focus though? Yeah. I mean, for me, dude, I was like, I never, I knew I wanted success at a very high level. That was very apparent to me when I was young. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I, struggled with it and again i struggled with the conflict between the spiritual aspect of myself and the and the success-minded aspect so I, I was really you know conflicted but then also i just i dude i had almost no success quote unquote when it came to dating relationships women that whole field and like it sucked you know i i got put in the friend zone so many times um shit just didn't work and what i started realizing through a process of of learning investing in myself reading a trillion freaking books, working with mentors was I just started realizing like all of these mindsets that I had, I didn't originally have as a boy, but were kind of indoctrinated into, in, I don't know if it's indoctrinated into me through a result of how society is today. Mm. And what I realized is it lowered my effectiveness as a man. And had I followed that route that was planned out for me, I would have been, you know, the, the tip of, like, here, here's an interesting thing. If you look back, I, I don't know how many years, again, I'm not, I'm not a big movie guy, but if you look back to like the old James Bonds, like that kind of era, every single man in those type of movies at that time frame was a very strong man, a leader, very masculine. Mm. 
You look at many movies today, they're all like dorks, doofuses, like they're, they're portrayed as like this weak, you know, kind of dorky dude. And it's like, there's a lot of fucking forces working against men in society. Like nobody teaches men how to fucking be men. And I, I'm, I'm, a, you know what I realized for a long time, I was looking for a fucking male figure that I could look up to and I could aspire to be more like, and there was nobody like that in my life. Not a single fucking one. My dad was, I, you know, I have a lot of my love for my dad. He passed a year ago. We had a shitty relationship and he did not, he was not the man that I needed him to be. He, he ruled the home with, with anger, aggression, dominance, but not in a healthy way. Yeah. It, it, was, it was very ego self-centered. I found out recently, that maybe I don't want to go into it too much, but I, I realized he was a narcissist. I, I had no fucking idea. My uncle literally said to me, it's like a light bulb switch in my brain. And so me essentially, like I became the person I needed. Mm. And I realized that by giving that to other people, I was filling that void more and more and more and more. So the, the more I gave what I was looking for, the, the more it solved it for me. It like filled a hole in my heart. Mm. Oh, well, so you found as you're teaching it was also giving you leaps and bounds in your own growth and self-awareness and such. Yeah. 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 That's uh that's one thing I've, I mean, that's one thing I've also just really loved of why people get into coaching or teaching others is because they were on their own journey of self-discovery and they were like, wow, this made me feel not shitty anymore. Like I feel so much better as a person. I want to share this with other people. Like other people need to experience this who are in my position. And it sounds like that's also where it came from that place of like, you were like, wow, this has helped me so much because I was in a lot of pain and wanted to change. And now I have, let me share that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's my mission R right now at least, but yeah. you know, I'm just, I'm, again, I'm so tied into service and there's just, there's impact and change that I can see that it needs to be made in the world right now. And like, I literally don't have a choice, but to do it. Like, I, I just, you know, and again, this goes back to the spiritual thing. Like, I, I literally feel like I'm guided. Like, you know, I've tried to avoid the calling, so to speak, you know, or that higher intuition, that higher voice. I tried to avoid it for a lot of years. Can't fucking do it. I can't. I've just, I've stopped trying. I just, I hear something, you know, I have a hunch or an intuition about something. I just, I just fucking go, you know, I don't, I don't question it anymore. Mm. Oh, you've just trained yourself to trust that, that in a, that inner voice and alignment. Yeah, 100%. No, that's amazing. And it's, it sounded like um, you, you mentioned a few guys, the young guy, the 25-year-old guy, he comes in saying, oh, I'm actually just looking to sleep with more women. I just want to get laid more often, but then quickly realizes that's not what's going to make them happy. But it sounds like in a lot of the people you're working with, like the journey grows as well with them. It's not just this one sort of thing. It's like, okay, cool, we've helped you solve this, but what else is coming up? And sounds like it's quite these long-term growth relationships with them. Yeah, I mean, some, like I, I just had two clients that resigned till the end of the year with me. You know, I started out as a, a three-month thing. And then all of a sudden, like we get to the end, they're like, I don't know why the fuck I want to stop this. Like, this is just, this is just level, 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 you know, so on and so forth. Yeah. So yeah, most people will come to me for either a business reason or a relationship reason. Or, or like a dating, you know, whatever. And what tends to happen is we solve one level level of the puzzle, and then all of a sudden, now it's like, oh shit, we got to start moving forward in business, you know. Or oh shoot, you know, we solve the business stuff, and they start addressing like some of the the people pleasing and some of these underlying root issues. And then all of a sudden, now it's like, wow, okay, we're we're making leaps and bounds in here. So the one tends to lead into the other. Not always. There's still typically a primary focus, but um, yeah, it's it's you know, we hit one level. And then from that level, it's like, wow, there's so much more here that I didn't realize. And then it's like, Let's get the next level, you know? Yeah. I mean, for, and for you, when, um, when those things have come up, were the clients themselves saying to you like, Hey, I, I think I need more help with this type of thing. Now, can you help? Or were you seeing it and like, okay, we helped him with this. This has actually come up. I think I can help with this as well. And you kind of bring it up well, how, how have you kind of seen those opportunities? To like re-sign a client for longer? Yeah, but more just um, the direction that you're going with helping people. Like, um, I'm trying to try to see if there's any kind of tips or mindsets that you have that 
would help others and they like say they're working with someone with tantra and sexuality and they're like okay this is what i'm starting to help them with but then realizing that there's another path that could potentially help someone as well as they resolve those previous issues yeah i think i think the biggest thing and i'm gonna i'm gonna address more because i've just been talking about myself but i want to i want to address specifically your audience with this like i think the biggest thing is getting clear on a specific outcome for people so when I'm, when I'm working with a client, I'm constantly painting a picture of the next outcome that they're achieving. Mm. So, um, like, let's say with the, in the context of, of, uh, the married, one of the married guys I've worked with. So he came in, he's like, man, I, my relationship is just not where it is. I realized like, wow, I, I literally have no power in this relationship. Things are not going my way. You know, I, I'm not able to express myself. I'm not, when I do express myself there, it's met with anger and, you know, this whole thing. So I'm like, okay, dude, we got, we got to start solving some of this. Like, I'm going to get you to a place where you're, you have power within your relationship and you're able to be yourself. And so we started diving into this. All of a sudden it was like, damn, here's the next issue I got to deal with within the context of my relationship. So it was, it was a very, you know, from my end, because I've been through this so much and I've taken so many people like myself, plus so many people through it, mm. you know, it was a logical, like, here's the next thing, here's the next thing, here's the next thing, you know, and then at a certain point, it's like, we start resolving some of the relationship stuff. And it's like, okay, dude, this is good now. And, and it ties in too, because often people who struggle with their relationships, they're not a hundred percent on their purpose. And, and again, I, I don't like the term purpose exactly, but I truly believe that everybody has something they're called to. So now it's like, okay, dude, we need to start having a fucking conversation about this. And the reason they haven't been doing this is often because of the, the fear of disapproval from their wife or the people pleasing stuff. Mm. You know, so now it's like, okay, you've gotten some clarity around the relationship. Let's get you back onto your center, onto what you need to do. And again, going back to your to your clients, like the biggest, one of the biggest things I've learned in, in marketing specifically, and a lot of the people that I associate with and affiliate with are spiritual coaches in one way, shape or form. The biggest thing that you can do as a spiritual coach is to get a specific freaking outcome for a specific freaking person. Mm. So instead of just being like, I help, you know, uh, spiritual minded people become more grounded in centers. Like, what does that mean? Yeah. You know, so if, if you're, if you've worked with 10 people and you see half of them are, I'm just coming up with a thing, but like half of them are mothers. And when you actually work with these people, like they usually, let's say, for example, they change their career or they get a pay raise or um, they start doing something that's a little more aligned. So maybe they, they move to a different city or something like that. Mm. Well, it's like, I help mothers create a life that is more aligned, a life and a career that's more aligned, you know, so that, that's a more specific, tangible result. Um, and it's giving, it's giving people a clear outcome that they can move towards. So when I'm selling to clients or when I'm working with a client and when they're saying, Hey, I want to continue working together, they can see another clear outcome mm -hmm. from my continuation of working with me. You know, at first it's like, let's finish, fix this relationship. And then all of a sudden it's like, wow. Okay. I, I realize that I'm going into this whole weight loss journey and I'm going into this whole business thing. And I need some, I need some additional structure and some mindsets and some tools so that I can start getting through this as well. Mm. No, I think that's extremely powerful. And also because you're coming with a very uh, strong energy, like very direct and masculine. So I think people are going to take away a lot from that if they're more on the very feminine energy holistic space of instead of just being like alignment and energy, it's like, think about what is the actual result that you're getting for the people you're working with, even though it's with tantra and sexuality, yours is also focused on sexuality, but it's Hey, it actually shows up in these people's lives in that their 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 marriage is going from sexist to like spontaneous and the happiest it's ever been, or because they're now more owning their body or their themselves, they they so many of them have seen jumps in their in their career type of thing. It's like being aware of what others more like grounded results or outcomes, if I understood correctly. Yeah, there's there's four. Here's here's a basic marketing marketing lesson that I think any coach should understand. Mm -hmm. So there's four keys that you have to figure out: person, problem, promise, process. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the person is who you're working for. The problem is what you do. Try not to give you the middle finger. <laughs> the problem is what you do. 
the the promise is the outcome and the process is how you do it mm. okay now the problem is typically going to stay the same so can i um would it work if i shared my screen super quick or i did the whiteboard thing yeah you should be able to let me give you permission yeah you should be able to now okay so this 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 is one of the biggest like mindset that just completely switch, switch things for me. Where's uh? I'm gonna do this. So there's there's four things. So uh, person. Uh, what did I say? Problem. Promise. Process. Yeah, yeah. Let me just. I mean, got some OCD stuff going on. Process. Okay. So in my case, I saw what I solve for the problem. I solve is masculinity. And I'm gonna say, I'll just say uh, influence. Okay, and this is, this is influence within the context of business and relationships. Okay, that's just a, a rough, whatever. Now, here's, here's the thing. If I plug a certain type of person in it, it's going to create a different promise. So mm -hmm. let's say, for example, I plug a, a married man um, who is struggling with his relationship. Okay, uh, relationship uh is struggling so if i plug this person into the problem that i solve the promise is going to be more sex and uh more fulfilling relationship mm. and let's say we could say something around like leader of household or something for example okay now if i change this again the problem i solve for isn't doesn't change because that's my this is my area of expertise the underlying stuff that holds men back, I can, I can peel that stuff away like, like just nobody's business, okay? And influence. I mean, I'm incredibly talented at influence. I've done it for years in, in dating, in business, and sales, the whole thing. Here's the thing. If I plug this into somebody who's in business, okay, we start addressing some of the root causes of people pleasing, the things that are holding them back in business. Plus, I give some of the, uh, the additional skills and maybe influences in the, I'll say influence slash skills. All of a sudden, the promise for them is more money. Mm. Okay. Now, let's say, for example, in the spiritual, th this is where I find a lot of specifically spiritual coaches really struggle because they don't know what the promise is. They don't know the freaking outcome that they're really getting their clients because they're like, I can teach you Reiki, but it's like, what's the point? I can teach you contra sex, but what's the point? So if you're teaching contra sex at the problem you're solving for, let's say, for example, you start working with... Um, I don't know, like an entrepreneurial man, for example. I, I, I'm just entrepreneur, I don't know, I'm just entre, whatever, man, okay? Yeah. <laughs> this is why I got into sales. I don't know how the fuck to spell. I can't sell so, entrepreneurship either. What's that? I, I also struggle to do entrepreneurship, the, the word. There we go, I think I got it. Okay, entrepreneur, real man, something like, That's I don't know, fuck it, whatever. Entrepreneur man, okay? The, the now when you start working with this type of person and a spiritual coach can often look at okay what's the client because most coaches have had a client with you you know they look for the commonalities okay most people i serve are men or most people i serve are women and then you start looking okay if i the problem i'm solving for is tantra what are the results that they get out of solving this problem of tantra for them so let's say an entrepreneurial man wants to start having tantric sex so what does this mean wife uh wife starts fucking adoring can whatever you do in your own language but like more sex wife starts just like looking up to him he becomes a leader in the family so mm -hmm. it's the the statement or how you market yourself and how you convey the specific result is i help entrepreneurial men have their wife start absolutely adoring him in every way shape or form through the secret art of tantra sex or something like that mm. okay so it's getting clear on the outcome and, and it has to be a tangible like this is the biggest thing is it has to be tangible so if you do let's say timeline therapy or nlp mm. who do you typically work with what are some of the results they see do their, do their income blow up you know NL, nlp if the problem you solve for is nlp or, or timeline therapy you plug an entrepreneurial man into this all of a sudden his business blows up. Mm. So you're, you're now the dude who works with entrepreneurial men through timeline therapy 
to help them increase their income. Mm. So this was one of the biggest game changes. I, I hope that I hope that helped. No, no, but it was the biggest game changes. What's that? No, I think that's definitely very like actionable and definitely very practical for people. One thing I wanted to um, actually ask, just so people had clarity, was the the process step. Would that would that be more like how you actually deliver it? So it's like through a four week program, or would the process more be like through tantra sexuality learning? Yeah, I mean through the tantra sexuality, or let's say through. I'll give you an example from uh, um, somebody I'm working with right now. He he's a mortgage broker, so I'm teaching them the same structure of of whatever. So that the person he likes to serve the most are the people who are like more um, engaged community members okay and couples specifically so let's say established engaged community couples or something like that the problem he solves for is um essentially hassle-free mortgages the promise is that he gets them their dream home without the hassle but the process he uses would be his like three-step hassle-free mortgage process Mm. so again i i'm i don't know the specifics of like tantra sex so i don't know exactly but it's like through my seven step tantra sex method and you'd have to find some weird wording for it or whatever but yeah yeah essentially tm as well what's that and you throw in the little tm trademark symbol and then you're good to go yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) so i think i think this is an awesome uh point to to wrap up on because that's like really nice and practical and this is definitely a very different episode than i've had in the past where it it is more just talking about jane but i think people are going to really benefit from the actionable steps you gave and kind of the way you think about these things and also the positioning like like you said that's often something they um a lot of people need to work on so i mean if people want to reach out to you because maybe um they want to work with you in what you do or if they just want to kind of get some guidance and help from you in regards to this type of things you're talking about what's the the best way for people to connect or do you have a free resource you want to direct people to type of thing yeah, Facebook's probably best. Um, my my username is m.a.brido. I'm sure you'll link it, B-R-I-D-E-A-U. Um, Instagram, I'm Michael Brido. So M-I-C-H-A-E-L-B-R-I-D-E-A-U. Um, Facebook's usually best, however. And uh, yeah, we'd love to connect. Yeah, awesome. No, thanks so much again for the time today. Cool, man. Thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Automator series as much as I enjoyed having it. And there are two things I want you to do now. I want you firstly to follow me on YouTube, get that subscription in because you're going to see all the new episodes popping up in that case and you can stay on top of the series. And the second thing is I want you to reach out to me. If uh, anything we discussed on the episode today resonated with you in regards to potentially taking a jump into an online spiritual coaching business or you really have a business and you're wanting to grow that out and you're feeling like you could be impacting a lot more lives, but you don't quite have the time right now, you don't quite have the freedom you wanted, and you don't quite have those systems in place, I want you to reach out to me. It's a no pressure, no strings attached. Send me a message on Facebook, LinkedIn, email, whatever you prefer, and we can just have a conversation and a bit of a back and forth in regards to where you're at, what you're looking for, and how I might be able to help you impact more lives with what you're doing.